it's time for the Catalyst Midweek Podcast, where we continue the conversation from this past week's message. We're back. Hello. We took about a month off to just kind of get things ready for this fall here at Catalyst. Uh, as most people know within the church, uh, fall is a big time for the church. That's really when the year starts for a church in most cases. With school starting back up and fall sports and everything else that's going on, most of your programming starts up about that time, and it's no different here at Catalyst. So we are now back for the Midweek Podcast. My name is John. I am one of the ministers here at Catalyst, and along with me is Rob Harlemert, our youth minister, the king of vocabulizing deep thoughts in the midst of a very dark world. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for that intro. I do what I can, man. I do what I can. So this week, uh, we are we started off our 40 Days of Faith campaign. Uh, this was week one, which was faith when you have a past. And our main thing this week was the past paralyzes you, but faith in God energizes you. Rob, what were your initial impressions from uh, this past Sunday? I thought Dave did a fantastic job in explaining this. Um, I, I I love when we do 40-day campaigns because you get to go kind of on this journey of Dave's mindset through an entire topic, which is really, really cool. Yeah. And Dave did a great job of explaining and showing a part of him that a lot of people don't normally see, uh, showing and explaining parts of his past um, that weren't that long ago uh, that, really, that, that he deals with on a daily basis. Uh, and, and it really impacts, he feels that it impacts his ministry sometimes in certain days when he's trying to go into ministry and he just feels like he's not adequate because of his past. And that really showed a lot in our lives. I hope all, all of us who listen to this message um, shows that even when things happen in our lives, we can still get past it because of God's power. We yeah. can still get past it. We still need to do ministry. We still need to make an impact. And we don't need to let our past dictate what goes on. Well, let me ask you this. I, this is a... You kind of go along with what Dave was talking about. Do you know a single Christian that doesn't have a past? No. There'd be no need for Jesus if that was the case. Yeah, that was kind of the the takeaway I really got from Dave's message. Um I mean, there was a lot more to it, but it's just this idea that we're all coming from the same place. Yep. There's nobody in the church who hasn't done something that at some point in their life has separated them in their relationship from God. Yeah. And uh, I think the, the encouraging thing about the message was this idea that that past doesn't have to hold you down. So let me ask you this. Like, you've now been in full-time ministry for four years little yeah. over four years. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually, probably a few years down the road, you're going to be looking into some form of senior ministry, probably, or something as, as you move in your career and everything. But in what you've done so far in ministry, what would you say, um, what would you say your experience with people and how they deal with their past has been like? It's, it's crazy because you can tell why people do things because of their past. And a lot of, and it's just subconsciously you see 
how they react to certain situations. You see if they want to jump into ministry or if they're kind of reserved or if they have a lot of confidence when they speak or if they teach. And a lot of those things has to do with different things that happened in their past. And it's really cool when somebody realizes, it's almost like a, a light bulb going off, when they realize that even though they've gone through certain situations, they can still make an impact in students' lives, in adults' lives. They can lead community groups. They can, even the smallest thing, they can come to church. They are allowed to come to church, and nobody is going to look down on them because of their past mistakes. Well, it's amazing. You know, I've talked to so many people that I've invited to church said, well, if I walk in those doors, the whole place is going to get struck with lightning. You know, I've been in ministry now for almost, I'm in my 24th year of ministry right now. Yeah. And I've never seen one lightning bolt strike a church because of somebody walking in the doors. Oh, I know. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think sometimes we weigh our personal failures much heavier than God ever has. Yeah. I think we weigh, we weigh our past failures in such a place that we make our failures what defines us. Yeah. Instead of realizing our failures are just that. They're past failures that we can learn from, move on past, and do greater things. Yeah. And it just seems like that is the one thing that really, um, I'll say it traps people. It just flat out traps people because they can't get past that moment. Yeah. And for many of them, it may just be one moment, but they can't get past it. And Dave even talked about three wrong responses to our past. And the first one is that very thing, defeatism, self-destruction. Yeah. Um, I know for me, that's something I struggled with in my past. Uh, when I was going off to Bible college... I was ready to just throw in the towel before I ever got there because I didn't know how in the world God could use a failure like me who barely acted like he even knew who he was. And I wasn't the only person, I'm sure, who dealt with those kinds of doubts. Um, have you dealt with doubts like that at all in your life with when you've dealt with your past? Yeah. Uh, it's more that I just don't want to talk about it. Like, I, I didn't want to leave it. It's the past. I want to leave it there. I don't want to bring it up. Um, but if people ask about it, I really do get this sense of insecurity of like, oh, no, I have to think about it. Now I have to deal with it again. Uh, it's still it, it, this shows that it still is a part of me when it doesn't need to be, I guess. Um, Dave's story about his his son and when he passed away. And Dave said that he didn't go see his son one out of the 10 days he was on this earth. And he felt like that was his biggest failure as a, as a dad. And what, is, what does he have to do to, how can he stand up and explain to people how to be dads if he, was, he failed that bad? And I feel the exact same way. Um, it's like, how can I, I, I failed so bad in my past. How, why in the world can I, can I get up here and like explain the gospel to people? What's how do I have the right to do that? That's like it's not fair. Uh, well, but, I would I would even say for all of us because like I think you're uh, I think what you're you're talking about is what we've all dealt with. Yeah, I don't think there's a minister that works at any church in any town in the entire world, not the United States, the entire world, who doesn't struggle with those kinds of feelings and emotions. That idea of how do I have a right 
to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ when I'm really just when it boils down to it, I'm really just a hypocrite. And uh, I I find comfort in reading through the book of Romans whenever I, I struggle with those thoughts because I look at Paul. Yeah. And I look what Paul did. Regardless of how bad I've ever been, I have never in my life tried to murder another person or have them murdered based on what they believe. I haven't falsely accused people or tried to throw them into prison. Um, I haven't done any of these awful things. These are things that Paul did before he came to know Christ. And so I can't imagine when he was going into towns, his self-doubt in, look what I did in my past, and all these people know about it. Mm -hmm. You know, with what you're talking about, none of us really know what that past is. And the truth is, we'll probably never know what that past is, because it's not something you want to share. Yeah. But imagine if everybody knew your past. Yeah. And you had to come in and speak. Um, I would say that my my insecurities or self-doubt aren't towards other Christians. Like when I'm inside the church and I, I get up on stage and I speak or I'm at youth group and I'm speaking, uh, I never have self-doubt or insecurities in that moment. It's more I'm so self-aware or maybe even kind of frustrated by people believing that, that, that aren't Christians believing that the church are filled with hypocrites. And that like hurts me so bad. And I think that's where my insecurity comes from, where for some reason, well, I I know the reason because people only look at extremes. Yes. There are some churches that really criticize people for their sin, like really beat them down. And that's the only thing that we're going to see on the news that's the only thing we're going to see on social media, the extremes. Right. And because of that, people really believe that they can't step foot in church because of their past sins. And then if they find out something that a minister did when he was 10, they're going to think the same thing. How can he preach because he did something stupid when he was 10? Yeah, I actually saw a tweet about that, but it was, it was sports related, but it was somebody talking about, I'm really glad that we didn't have Twitter when I was a 12-year-old yeah, so that absolutely. 10 years later... 45-year-olds could write about the evil things I did as a 12-year-old. Exactly. And <laughs> it's amazing how much we like to hold on yeah. to people's pasts and hold it against them, and especially when they're young and dumb. Because yeah. let's just shoot straight. When we're young, we do dumb things. Yeah. We just do. That's what... I bet you, I bet you half of what Jesus dealt with Traveling around for three years with teenagers was dealing with dumb stuff. Oh, yeah. Because the disciples were teenage boys, and mm-hmm. they probably did some really dumb stuff. And if if you read <laughs> Jesus talking to them a lot of times, he even says, why are you so dull? I love that. You know, and, and so I can't imagine that when he gets frustrated in those moments, we don't know the backstory leading up to it. Yeah. But all that stuff is in the past. Yeah. When you see what the disciples do later on as apostles, yes. and you see what they do, they're not focused on what they did. Yeah, they're focusing on what the job is to do. Yeah, and a lot of times, the way we deal with with our past, that wrong response, as Dave put it, is to hold on to those things and allow it to to self destruct us yeah. and to defeat us. Uh, the second thing he talked about was legalism. 
Uh, he actually used the scripture from Galatians 2. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Now, when you hear that and when you heard what Dave was talking about with legalism, what was your thoughts on, on how legalism is a bad response to our past? Yeah, just going straight into... It's almost like it's like you suppress everything. Like you don't you, you don't even you don't work through your past. You don't figure out why it was wrong. There's almost like there's no repentance involved. It's just like Jesus, yes, okay, I'm just going to dive straight into legalism. I'm going to dive straight into all of these rules and I'm just going to live in this bubble so I don't have to face what I've done in the past. And let's let's hope that that doesn't get brought up because I won't know how to handle it because it's outside of this realm of the Ten Commandments or whatever. Um, so you see that a lot in people. And that's, I think, why people fail in the church is because they go from, I love God, I love Jesus, therefore I'm going to follow him with everything I have. And then whenever they are presented with somebody who is maybe a little bit of a messy Christian, uh, maybe trying to figure it out themselves, they almost come off as overbearing or judgmental yeah. because they never work through themselves of this healing process and this grace process that God really wants all of us to go through. Well, and just to go into that scripture a little bit that he did, he goes on through through chapter 3 and talks some more. But the whole book of Galatians is Paul talking to the church in Galatia, and what has happened is these they, they call them Judaizers have come into the church, and they've infiltrated, and they're telling the people of Galatia that Christ, faith in Christ alone is simply not good enough. It's just simply not good enough. You still have to be circumcised. And, of course, Paul is infuriated by this because it's basically an adding to the teaching of Christ. It, it's it's an additional teaching that's not there, but because these people are falling for it, they're thinking that they can earn salvation. Yeah, they're thinking they can they can if they do enough good things, you will be forgiven. Yeah, and so a lot of times we want to be forgiven of our past, and instead of just going, you know what, I'm going to turn this over to God and I'm going to trust that He'll forgive me they rigidly and strictly try to earn their forgiveness. Yeah. You know, when you think of uh, the Old Testament, how was si- how were sins forgiven? Yeah, sacrifices. Sacrifices, you know, you give your best and that's how you yeah. that's how your sins were erased and we still think that we need to do that today. I believe that. And we but we we don't realize that it was Jesus Christ's blood that cleanses all those sins. And if we come with repentance and if we come with a heart willing to change, then then those sins can be forgiven. Yeah. But that also takes us into the next bad response, which is cheap grace. Yeah. Cheap grace is something that is dealt with a lot. I, I would say it's very big uh, within certain denominations, especially. Can I just say something real quick? I want to apologize if you're listening right now and you're hearing sirens. Uh, we worship in a 103-year-old church building with stained glass windows in all of our offices, so there is no sound insulation. So if you're hearing any like 
fire trucks and police cars. That's because there are fire trucks and police cars screaming down Main Street right now, and it's kind of been nonstop for almost 10 minutes. Yeah. So if you're hearing all that, no, we're not in trouble, and we're not going to get arrested or anything. At least, I mean, I'm not. Rob might have done something, but I didn't. So, uh, But with that said, I just figured I'll let you guys know what's going on here. Sorry, Rob. Keep talking about some cheap grace. Cheap grace. Cheap grace is something where people uh, kind of justify what they're doing in a way. Um, I think cheap grace can also be given, and it also just can be created inside somebody's mind. So it's like a two-way street sometimes. Uh, I think the worst one is when it, cheap grace is given, where somebody who is a Christian kind of justifies and says it's okay for somebody to continue to live in sin just because they've been baptized or say they believe in Jesus. Well, it's the drug issue right now in America. I mean, that, that's, that's the best example of how cheap grace is actually furthering the drug problem as opposed to winning people to Christ and seeing lives change because we're enabling people. And the mindset that comes out of cheap grace is, well, I can keep on sinning because God's just going to forgive me. Yes, and that is terrifying to think that people would continue in their sin because, well, it's all good because God's going to forgive me regardless. You know, it's, should we go on sinning so that grace may abound? But by no means. Yes. It's the exact opposite of that in Christianity, but we've, we've given this open door to this really crazy mindset that you can willingly sin as much as you want, and it's okay, so God's going to forgive you. Yeah, and I think people live this life completely, and it's hard to get out of because in today's culture, today's society, whatever, you can find an answer for anything. Like, you can find somebody to agree with you on any topic. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. If you have an idea that might be a little bit out there, you can probably find somebody that has that exact same idea. Guaranteed. And you can bond on that. Guaranteed. But the issue within the church is, I don't want to say the issue within the church, because that's not true. Um, the issue with some people is they'd rather take their own personal beliefs and what they feel over uh, the Bible and the truth that comes through that. So they would rather put themselves in the center of the universe of their lives rather than God in the center of their lives. Because uh, if God loves me, then He'll care about me rather than I need to put God first. And if I care about God first, then I will change my life to best um, be more like Him. Uh, you and I were actually talking about this a little bit ago before we started recording. Yep. Just this idea that when. The Bible doesn't say it's okay for my sin to exist. Instead of understanding that God is the one who designs morality, God is the one who designs what is right and wrong, we want God to change his mind to fit our narrative. Yeah. We want God to change his rules so that we can be okay to do whatever we want. And if he doesn't, then obviously he's not a good God. And, and that's, that's the real conundrum we see a lot today in the church. Yep. Uh, we see a lot of people who will leave a church because, well, they weren't accepting of my sin. Yeah. And I, I'm going to say this, and I might hack some people off. Good. 
I don't ever want the church to be accepting of sin. I want the church to be accepting of people, but I don't want to accept people's sin. I want to accept the people so that they can stop doing that sin. Yep. And I believe that's what God calls us to do as Christians, to love people and hate that sin. And hopefully through the power of Jesus Christ and his blood and his grace, um, help people move out of that. Um, I'm afraid it just seems like you were saying this, this good grace thing is infiltrated in so many, so many avenues of Christianity these days that we just want to okay sin as opposed to see it for what it is. And that's sin, something that puts a roadblock between us and Christ. The, uh, the last real main point that Dave put out there was this idea that the past paralyzes you and faith in God energizes you. And the first way that that happens is that we learn the lesson and we gain wisdom. Yeah. I think Dave did a great job with this one. I think this was probably the biggest talking point uh, within our community group. Um, other people I've talked to, this was probably the biggest part. This is where Dave shared the story about uh, his relationship with his son and how he passed away and how, it, how he felt he was a failure as a father. Um, and because of that, he teaches Inside Out Dad, and he feels every time he goes into the jail to teach these guys that he is not equipped to tell people how to be a good father because he, he himself feels like a failure as a father in that instance, and it kind of follows him. Uh, but every time he goes in, he realized that's not the case and how much joy and energy and excitement comes out of that. Um, and I, I think that really shows how important uh, having fruit out of your relationship with God is because works do not save us, but works, works should come naturally out of us if we are followers of God. And whenever that happens, the, that fruit of the Spirit that comes out of us gives us so much energy. Well, I think, you know, our theme this year is fruitfulness here at Catalyst. That's our, that's our theme for the year. Um, when a seed is worthless, it can't produce fruit. No. And, uh, you know, you want... People say, I'm saved by faith, not works. You're right. You're saved by faith, 100%. Totally agree with that. But if there aren't works happening... Yep. Where are you? Are you really following after God? Because, I mean, the Bible, we even read, you tell, you, you tell me who you are by your faith, I'll show you my faith by my works. Yeah. You know, faith without works is dead. It's not, if there's faith, it's always accompanied by works. Yeah. And the works come about because of your faith. And that with this whole 40 days being about faith, that's a huge thing to understand. Um, how many people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian? Yeah. But how many people who don't go to church and claim they're a Christian don't show the fruit of Christianity in their walk? Yeah, I have and a big issue with that. This, the whole point of this is not to point fingers or anything like that, but it's just... You make your life so much more difficult when you pull yourself out of the body and try and produce fruit. It's like taking a seed and baking it and then trying to plant it. It's not going to work. Nothing's growing out of that. No. Nothing's growing out of that. No. I, I wish people understood um, 
that even in all relationships, I mean, that shows in everything. If somebody says, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian, that shows in all aspects of their relationship. Because if you really love and care about somebody, you're going to do whatever it takes to continue to show that person how much you love and care for that person. So with, with my wife or my friends uh, or, or my people I, I work with or people I see on the street, if I really care for them, I'm going to show them that I care for them. So how in the world, if you don't show anybody or show a direction that you care or love for something, could you say that you really care or love for that person? Yeah. I agree 100%. I, I, you know, when I decided I was going to marry my wife, Rhea, I wanted to give her everything. Yep. She gets my time. She gets my heart. She gets my love. She gets my affection. She gets my... And, I, and time is such a big part of that. Yeah. If you, if you really love somebody, they get your time. Yep. Because that means that you've made them important in your life, that they're rung on the ladders a little bit higher than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to say we're in a relationship with God, then we have to be in a relationship with His church the bride of Christ. And if you're not spending time with the bride of Christ, are you really in a relationship with Christ? I know. I know. I had a conversation with somebody um, that they were, they were defending one of their friends, which is fine. Like I'm all about defending friends. And they said, this person's really spiritual, but they don't go to church because they don't think it's necessary. And I was like, okay, well, the church is described as the bride of Christ, which John, you just said, I said, okay, if someone treated my wife poorly, like if someone came and talked poorly about my wife or showed her disrespect in any ways, we're not cool. Like, I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to see that person. Uh, Sure, I'll still love them, but I have no desire to ever be in contact with that person. Um, So I have no idea how how God feels about his bride, the thing he cares about the most. I mean, how much I love my wife, I can't even imagine how much God loves the church. Yeah, we could probably spend an entire podcast just talking about bridal abuse in the church. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, And how much it's almost become chic in some circles to completely bash the church. I hate it. And think God's going to be okay with it. Yeah. Um. You know, it's the bride of Christ, and Christ does not want his bride treated poorly. When you read in Revelation, those first, those seven churches he's talking to, most of that centers around the the abuse of the bride. Yeah, and it's not pretty. The yeah. results of that. So the the last thing that Dave talked about uh, in his, in his message, you know, the past paralyzes you. Faith in God energizes you is when we allow God to heal us and embrace His grace, um, how much that has an impact on us when we finally let go of the past and we focus on our faith in God. Yeah. I mean, what, how has that impacted you personally? I think it allows you to live your life with so much freedom. Um, because you're no longer viewing yourself as a sinner 
you're viewing yourself through the lens as which Jesus views you. Um, he talks about in Scripture that we all are carrying something, and he, Jesus calls us to put down what we are carrying and pick up what he is carrying, um, which is easy and light. And I believe that's completely true, where you don't have to worry about your past experiences. You don't have to worry about the burden that comes from that. Because in the end, you will be able to enter into heaven sinless and pure. So why worry about something on this earth when it's not going to affect you in the long run? Yeah, and I know as someone who has allowed my past to color the way I view myself, um, that kind of freedom is, it's literally like wearing a 300-pound backpack and then taking it off at the end of the day. Yes. I mean, it is, it's that, the exhale, just this huge exhale of, of relief when you can finally say, I don't have to carry this anymore. It doesn't matter. Um, what, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, Audio Adrenaline comes out with a song, Ocean Floor. And I remember hearing that song thinking, that's really nice, but that's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because I can dive to the bottom of the ocean. Yep. I like where, where it's as far as the east is from the west, like we read in Scripture. Yep. As far as the east, the east never touches the west. Nope. They go in opposite directions, and they never meet. They never, ever meet. And when Christ says you're forgiven, that's how he sees it. And when we allow our faith to be front and center, it's so much easier to accept that. Yeah. Because if we live with this mindset where we're the ones that have to carry it all, we'll never escape it. Yep. It'll always be there. We'll always carry the weight of it. And we will never, ever truly be, we'll never truly allow ourselves to be forgiven yeah. of it. And as a result, it'll always be a block, like we said before, a roadblock between us and Christ. Oh, yeah. And there's got to come that point when we finally say enough is enough. I'm putting my faith that if God says it's gone, it's gone. I really hope people got that. I hope so, too. <laughs> I really hope they did. I feel like there are so many people within our church and every church that meets on every Sunday, all year long across the country, across the world, I guarantee there are people in every church that every week come in carrying guilt yep. that they need to release. Yeah, I think so, too. And there's so much freedom uh, in coming to the church. Because when you, when you come before God and you come to the church, it's acknowledging that I cannot do this on my own. I don't have it all together. I'm coming because I need assistance in my life. I, I need a Savior. And whenever you accept that and you realize that everyone around you is the exact same way, you'll find so much freedom and love because of that. And I hope if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't been coming to church, um, you're welcome to come to Catalyst Christian Church. I, I've, I've talked to at least three people this week that we have been divided to church that have had, I would say, considerably big sins. When I say big sins, I mean like 
they're out there. Everybody knows about it. It's like frontline news. Like it's big. And when they come to Catalyst, nobody goes up to them and points it out. Everyone comes, asks how their day was, and, and they show how much they love each other. Uh, there's, a, there's a great uh, story recently, and this, is, this paints a perfect picture of what Catalyst is. There's somebody in our, in, in our community that fell short and publicly put it on Facebook that they fell short and they didn't know what to do next. And they had 200 comments of people saying, well, I know what you need to do next. You need to come to church on Sunday so we can love you. And that person was there on Sunday, and I guarantee you not one person came up to him and said, what are you doing? How can you fall short? And he wasn't just there that Sunday. He was there this week, too. Absolutely. And he, he, I, I've talked. I know who you're talking about, and I talked to this guy, and he said he's never felt so loved as he did when so many people from the church said, Get to church so we can hang out. Yeah. We want to see you. We want to be with you. Love it. That's that's what this whole thing's about. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. We are back, and these are going to start back up every week again um, after taking a small hiatus. Uh, next week, we'll be back with week two of our series on the 40 days of faith. Like I said, this is a fun thing for us. Uh, next week's... Uh, next week's topic is faith that costs us nothing is worth nothing. Uh, faith in the face of a huge cost. And so it's going to be a really great week next week. Uh, I thank you for tuning in and listening and gaining all the wisdom and knowledge you possibly can from Rob Harlemert, our true scholar on staff. Uh, Rob, thank you for being here today. It's always fun. Uh, always fun. And uh, we'll be back next week. But until then, thank you for tuning in to the Catalyst Midweek Podcast, where we continue the message 